Welcome back to More Money Minutes for Doctors. Today, we're going to be talking about four numbers every doctor needs to know when it comes to their personal financial wealth. And we have with us today a very, very special guest, my dear friend, Josh Lance, who is also the Chief Investment Officer of MD Financial. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me. So Catherine Vesson is here, the CEO and founder of MD Financial. So when it comes to your finances, there are four numbers every single doctor needs to know. And we're going to be talking about those today. The rule of 72, your retirement number, your hourly rate, and your withdrawal rate. And each of these numbers can lead to a healthier work-life balance. And what I like to think of as wealth span. It's going to be a quicker and maybe more comfortable retirement for you too, and more money in your pockets, all of which are good things. So if you have any further questions, or if there's something you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please reach out to us. You can do that at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media at MD Financial Advisors. That way you won't miss an episode, and it actually helps us get our message out to other doctors. All right, let's start with the first rule. Josh, what is the rule of 72? So the rule of 72 is to help you figure out, you know, how long it would take for your money to double. Um, so if you divide your growth rate, um, if you divide 72 by your growth rate, it'll tell you how many years before something doubles. And this is a really, really important calculation for you to know and have in the back of your head. So just think about it this way. If you were getting a house and you were borrowing $500,000 for that house and the interest rate, I'm going to call it 7.2 just to keep the math simple, would tell you what, Josh, about your $500,000 house? Well, it would, it would tell you that it would take 10 years for your money to double. Exactly. So at a 7.2% interest rate, dividing that into 72, your $500,000 house would actually cost a million dollars over a 10-year 10 10 period. Uh, the same is true with any savings you have, with any investments. Maybe you inherited a million dollars in investments from your parents. If you got a 7.2% interest rate, just to keep the money, the numbers easy, that million dollars should be 2 million at the end of 10 years. Now, this is also important to think about when you're borrowing money. Uh, I recently came across a doctor who had credit card debt that she had not paid off in over 20 years. It was really horrible when you thought about it because credit card interest rates can be quite high. Josh, I've seen them in the 18 to even 22% range. How about you? Yeah, I've seen them in that range too. It's pretty rare that they're less than that. Horrifyingly. Horrifyingly rare, but just think if your interest rate is maybe 25%, once again, just to keep the math simple, and you're not paying off that credit card balance, the cost of that balance in your credit card is actually doubling in just three years. Um, a number of years ago, we had some clients who were kind of laissez-faire about their retirement. They think, well, no problem at all, Catherine. We don't have to have much money. We're just going to go to um, retire in Mexico. I thought, you know, I think I should take a look at this. Lo and behold, the inflation rate in Mexico at the time was a whopping 25%. So Josh, what's that going to do to their cost of living in Mexico? 
well, it's going to skyrocket or at least catch up to, you know, other domiciles. Like, you know, it could be really low cost of living, but if it's going to inflate at 25%, you know, it's quickly going to become the same cost or more than other places like the United States. It's going to be horrible, right? Because in three years, their cost is going to double, and then it's going to double again in another three years, once again. So something to definitely keep in mind when you're looking at borrowing money, or you're also looking at returns on your investment. All right, so that was the rule of 72. Next number you need to know is your retirement number. And what do we mean by that, Josh? Yeah, so retirement number would be, you know, what's that total number um, that you want in assets, you know, ballpark, so that you can feel safe, secure, and have financial freedom. So for a lot of our clients, that number is helpful because then they have a goal. They know what are they striving for. They're trying to accumulate assets to get it up to a certain level. Exactly. And I think it's a great number that everybody should have in the back of their mind. Now, as a practical matter, because we've been doing this for a very long time, we work with over 500 doctors from coast to coast. I have never seen a doctor who could retire today, let's say they're to 65 today, on less than $4 million. And that would be a primary care doctor who's a very frugal and has a very low cost of, li of living. And the reason is our longevity risk is much, much longer today. We've got such a, a great expansion in healthcare that our clients are just living longer than they ever have before. So at 65, they could easily be looking at 30 years in retirement, which is a long time for your money to last. Now, Josh, what are you seeing for younger doctors that um, maybe they're higher earnings, maybe they're orthopedic surgeons or orthodontists, their number that they're going to have to have by their retirement date is obviously going to be a lot higher. What, what are you seeing there? Yeah, it's going to be a lot higher. And, and that's important to know. So keep in mind your retirement, you're replacing your lifestyle. And so if you're a higher income earner, chances are you have a higher lifestyle your annual expenses are higher because you've grown to enjoying, you know, spending more um, to support your lifestyle. So maybe that higher earner is spending at a rate that's um, $180,000 to $200,000 after tax each year, where someone that's, say, in primary care, maybe they're comfortable spending $100,000 to $150,000 you know, it could be a range after tax. Well, the higher income earner, there's a lot more to replace there. And so you're going to need a lot more assets, essentially, to be able to support that 180 to 200,000 after tax. And, and keep in mind, these are rough ranges. Some people are more than that. Um, so you just need more assets to be able to support that. Very important consideration because I found that not enough doctors have asked themselves a very, very important question, which is what is it going to take to make sure I don't run out of money before I run out of life? I think of that as wealth span. How long is this money actually going to, going to last? If we're taking a typical doctor retiring at 65 now, they have to take into consideration future tax increase, uh, inflation, and to Josh's point, all of that is just going to maintain their current lifestyle. So it can be a pretty large number and can be quite shocking when clients see it for the first time. Would you agree, Josh? Yeah, I think so. I think it's 
that's why it's very, very important for everyone to run these numbers, you know, run it with their financial advisor, um, sit down and look at the projections so that they have an idea of what is their retirement number, what they need to build up for. Uh, it can also be motivating too. You sit down, you see that number for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to build up $4 million. I better get on this. Um, so I, I think that it's just really helpful in a lot of ways to see those numbers. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I had a very interesting experience happen recently. Obviously too much free time on my hands. I thought, I wonder how much this British actor whose name is Hugh Bonneville I don't know if anybody is very familiar with him, but he he was very famous. He did uh, four weddings and a funeral, and he also did a hit series called Downton Abbey. And he's, I don't know how old he is, probably late late 50s. I was thinking, I wonder what his net worth is. I, I pulled it up. His net worth, according to this website, who knows if it's accurate, was about $8 million. And I was fascinated with that because here he is, one of the most famous actors in the world, actually he had a net worth of $8 million. And I was thinking how many of our doctors should have that number by the time that they're ready to retire and could easily have that number if they planned ahead and just set a little bit aside every month. So nice to know a lot of our doctors could be in the same um, net worth as a very famous British actor. All right, moving on. Your next number that you need to know is your hourly rate. And Josh, you're really the first one who brought this to my attention. I thought it was a great concept to review with doctors. So what do you mean by your hourly rate? Yeah, so most of us are accustomed to being paid annually. Um, and, you know, so most of our doctors, they get a salary, maybe a bonus, you know, maybe there's productivity built into it but they think of their numbers in terms of what do they earn for the year? Well, we think it's very valuable to convert those numbers into an hourly rate and not just an hourly rate, but an hourly after tax rate. And the reason is it gives you a measurement for one hour of your time. What is your time actually worth? And this allows you to start doing comparisons. Do you go work at the clinic for another hour, or do you mow your lawn? Well, you could hire the neighbor kid down the street to do the lawn for say, you know, 20 bucks an hour versus, you know, what is your hourly rate? What is it costing you? Maybe it makes more sense to go earn um, for that extra hour. So it gives you a way of comparing things um, and that's really useful for, you know, this exchange of your time and figuring out, do you delegate or not? We actually have an hourly rate calculator. It's really simple. Um, and, you know, any of our clients, if you're wanting to look at this, let us know. We can send it to you or go through it in a meeting. But basically, you know, we could punch in your compensation for the year. Sometimes our clients have multiple incomes from multiple sources. And then we can plug in, you know, how many hours in a week you're actually working. Of course, that varies. Uh, let's say, you know, it's more than 40. Let's say, you know, it's 50. And then how many weeks of vacation? Uh, we'll strip that out. Um, so we figure out how many hours in a year. And from there, you know, we can see that your hourly rate in this example is 104 dollars um, per hour on 250,000 of income. But then after tax, if we subtract out your marginal 
brackets, let's say those add up to 32%, well, really your hourly after tax is 70. So this is useful for then playing that comparison uh, that I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, I think it's hugely important because we really don't buy things with money in my mind. We really buy things with hours of our hours of our life that we will never, ever, ever get back. So it's very important to be thinking about this when you're purchasing something. So let's say that you wanted season tickets to the Celtics and it was going to cost you $15,000. Josh, let's pull up your little chart again. Let's do $15,000 and divide it by, do you want to divide it by the after-tax rate or the gross tax rate? Uh, after. Okay, so let's take $15,000 divided in this rate by $70.83. And if I'm doing my math right, that says it took you 211 hours to be able to earn enough to buy those tickets to the Celtics game. Did I do the math right, Ben? You did the math right. And let's say you make 400,000 in the course of the year, then you can see, you know, it's a little bit different. It's 132 hours. Um, to buy yeah. the Celtic tickets, 15,000 divided by 113 is 132 hours. That just doesn't seem right to me. This number was so shocking to me that I actually had to rerun it myself to make sure. 132 hours out of your life. Well, you can see if, if you're working 50 hours a week, let's divide it by 50, Josh, you can see how many weeks it's going to take you to buy those Celtic tickets. Right. It's going to take you two and a half weeks approximately of your hours out of your life to be able to buy this. Now, I'm not saying don't do that. Don't buy the Celtic tickets. Don't take the trip to Greece. Don't buy the Tesla. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying being aware of what it costs you. And this number is also a good number to think in terms of just what Josh said. What is a good use of your time? Are you better off mowing the lawn, grocery shopping, hanging the wallpaper, whatever it is? Or are you better off working a couple of extra hours doing something that you love, that you're really, really good at, so that you can hire somebody to do the tax prep for you to, to uh, deliver, the, deliver the groceries? Really important things to think about as you're managing not just your time, but your wealth. I think that's a really important concept. Um, a lot of our doctors have not spent a lot of their training talking about delegation, whereas people in, say, business school, it's all about delegation, it's leveraging your time. Um, and so we find a lot of our doctors are not delegating enough. Um, they're spending a lot of their time where they could spend their time earning a lot more you know, other places in their day job and delegating that to, you know, maybe a cleaning service for their house or, you know, whatever it is. It always comes with the caveat of you need to be, you know, working to make up for that time. You can't just say, hey, I'm not working anymore, but I'm going to delegate all this. Um, but delegation is a key, key aspect um, to leveraging your time and creating more wealth over time. Just for fun, under annual salary, let's put in a million dollars. I'm thinking about one of our very beloved orthopedic surgeon who makes about a million dollars a year. He loves to mow his own lawn. Now, should he not mow his own lawn? I don't know. But you'll notice um, in our little chart here, he makes about $283 
an hour. That would probably pay for his lawn mowing for the month. If he, if he wasn't excited about mowing the lawn, he could easily hire it out for just one working one more hour. Very important concept. Thanks, Josh. All right. The last number that we want to talk about is your withdrawal rate, or in our industry, we call this a distribution rate. In other words, we're going to be talking about what percentage can you withdraw from your investments during retirement and not be worried about running out of money. And there have been a lot of studies on this. Josh, do you want to share some of those with us? Yeah, so there's a lot of studies on this. Uh, there's a lot of different withdrawal rates. But the most popular one is from a few decades ago, and it's called the 4% rule. And basically, what you could do um, is take out 4% of the wealth that you've accumulated. And then whatever that number is, step that number up by inflation, you know, over the rest of your life. And that money should last, call it 30 years. Um, that was the initial study. There's been a lot of challenges to that study. What if you rerun the numbers and you used, you know, uh, international markets and not just domestic markets? Uh, what if the environment was different? Inflation was different? You know, what if tax rates are different? All that. Um, so it, it started off in this very kind of crude metric, just do 4%. It'll last you your 30 years. Since then, it's been challenged a lot. And that number is probably much smaller. Uh, the number is probably closer to 3%, maybe even a little bit less. We think the most important thing is really to work with, you know, a financial advisor and use software to more precisely calculate these numbers. I trust that a whole lot more. Um, but these are rough rules of thumb um, that can be helpful for just are you directionally accurate? Totally agree. So when it comes to this number, I agree with Josh. I wouldn't be comfortable using a 4% number anymore. We've seen way too many market downturns, tax increases, inflation to feel comfortable with that. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable about a 3% when we're doing kind of rough calculations. But I want you to take in mind how this can apply to you. So let's say you want to duplicate your standard of living and retirement, and you're currently living on 200000 a year gross. This, and out of that, you have to pay taxes, mortgages, whatever it takes you to live on. If you take that 200000 and divide it by this rate that we're talking about, 3%, you will come up with, you will need roughly $6 million by the time you retire in order to be able to duplicate that. Why? Because 3%, $6 million is going to give you your $200,000 per year. And to Josh's point, we're hoping that the rates of return over time are such that you can put a little bit more money back in the pot to cover inflation as things go forward. So Josh, how else would you use this number? Uh, you know, I think you, you brought an excellent point and just dividing um, there, but I think you could also think in terms of like the total amount of wealth and just take 3% of that and that gives you an idea of things. So, you know, if you have, uh, Catherine, I think you mentioned, you know, 5 million earlier in our discussion here. And so if you were to just take 3% of 5 million, you know, that's 150,000 per year. Now, keep in mind, that's just from your portfolio. So maybe you have some income sources other places. Maybe you're going to include Social Security in your plan. Um, so it's 150,000 of your supplemental 
uh, retirement income. Um, and keep in mind, these studies were really meant to show 30 years, but everyone's situation is going to be unique. What if you're retiring in your early 50s? You're one of those go-getters. Well, you need to plan on a much longer retirement. So I'm not sure that 3% rule is going to work for your situation. Um, we have other clients that really enjoy working. They're going to work into their 70s. They might not need to support, um, you know, 30 years, uh, depending on their, their health and, and life expectancy and all that. So everyone's situation is different. And I think this really gets down to what we're all about, which is wealth span. I, I, I listen to a lot of health podcasts. Obviously, we love doctors. So I like to listen to doctors talking about various health situations. And one of these doctors was talking about how things have gone from lifespan to health span. Doesn't do you long good to live a long life if you're not in very good health. And we, what you want is a health span. You're going to stay in very good health your entire life. And I started thinking that's really true of your money too. You want this wealth span to last your entire life. And so knowing these four numbers can be very, very helpful to you when it comes to making your own wealth span much more bulletproof. So remember the rule of 72, whether it has to do with how your investments are doubling over time or, or interest you might be paying on debt. Remember your retirement number, what that number needs to be as a, as a goal. Your hourly rate, which is really good if you want to do some side gig business or if you want to um, offload some of your day-to-day -day responsibilities. And finally, be very careful with your withdrawal rate. I certainly agree with Josh. A smaller number is definitely better nowadays and definitely safer. So whether you're a brand new doctor or you've been established for years, it's always important to keep on top of your finances and your retirement plans. So these four numbers are a great snapshot of your financial situation, where you want to go and creating wealth span. So in closing, please follow us on social media. Once again, it really helps us get this message out to more doctors. And if you found it helpful, please pass it on to your colleagues. We love getting your questions and topics for future issues. Be sure to send those to us. And finally, you can reach out to us directly if you'd like a second opinion on your financial health. You can do that by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Take care. Take care of yourself, take care of your wealth, and prosper.